time for Talking Travel. Joining me, the lady that knows all about travel, Sally Lucas. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Today, I just thought we'd venture a little bit away from the norm and talk about well, extinction of some races and, and language and also ecotourism, which I think is quite relevant in this day and age right. and what we're doing to forestation, as we all know, and depriving our, our wonderful animals mm. of forests in, in Borneo and even the gorillas, you know, the silverbacks, are, you know, if they don't do something soon, we're not going to even have them anymore. And the same as some of these wonderful orangutans who are the closest to human being of any other of the monkey types, the mm. is so intelligent a creature. And I think that we're just... You know, planting palm oil forests and not leaving them, leaving them in their natural mm. sanctuaries. So there are a lot of companies out there now that are doing this eco, what we call volunteerism. And there's quite a few companies, which is great. So you, you can go on board, still have your holiday, but do a bit to, to help along yeah, the way. Yeah. Now, whether it be animals, of course, as we've mentioned, even like going into helping where in Africa, where they still awfully poach, you know, some mm. creatures. And that's just awful, I find, when, you know, things like elephants and lions are still being eaten, poached and shot but they have camps there that you know where they save them and save the babies and so you can go and do volunteer work there you can in, in Borneo with your orangutans turtle sanctuaries mm-hmm. I mean all sorts of wonderful places where you can go and help um, you know Adventure Destinations is one of those companies but just check with your travel agent there's quite a number of companies out there that will help you if you're really interested also with humans of course as well so we have people that want to go and help you know build schools or you know and help build or yeah. provide extra equipment for orphanages, um, provide product, you know, provide them with materials. Uh, so there's lots of things you can do out there, as well as having this wonderful holiday and experience yeah. it. You're, you're not doing it in luxury, obviously. You'd be staying in, in a lesser standard of accommodation to because some of these areas are going to be remote. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I mean, if you're someone who's done a lot of travel and, and you just don't want to do the glitz and the glamour anymore and you feel like you'd like to give back yeah. to the community or to nature, I mean, that's a wonderful way of incorporating both. So there's plenty of those available now. There are now, and it's getting more and more. And just one thing I was reading the other day, Dave, which is quite I thought was quite frightening anyway, every 14 days a language dies. Really? Yeah. Yeah, National Geographic also predicts that by the year 2100, more than half of the estimated 7,000 languages spoken on Earth, and many of them apparently not yet recorded, may disappear. And what they take with them is not just the language, but it's the wealth of knowledge about history, culture, the natural environment and the human brain. So, you know, one recent case apparently was the extinction of an ancient tribal language of the Andaman Islands, which is close, as you know, to uh, the um, area where the tsunami that was Mm. off Thailand. So just known as Bo, B-O. And the last fluent speaker of the language who lived in the island chain off sort of between India, as we say, and Thailand, was a lady named Boa Senior. Mm. And she died in 2002 at the age of 85. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of languages believed to have dated back 65,000 years to pre-Neolithic human settlement in Southeast Asia. So, sadly, the language and the beating heart of that culture is no more. And that is happening more and more now. And I guess this happens where we get more integration, whereas communities, the old days, you couldn't get to them. They were isolated. So we do have access now, mm. which is wonderful for us in one respect, so long as we just make that gentle footprint and really, I think, help preserve and protect these cultures, not try and you know, integrate them too much into our society, let them still live the way they've always lived so we can enjoy those cultures and that wonder. That's what's 
I think the joy of travel is experiencing the history and the culture of the places you go to. Us being such a young country as well as a white nation, certainly not as an indigenous nation, we're a very old country and we still need to know more, I think, about our own indigenous people and dream time. Wonderful stories to be had there as well. But this is just the wonderful part about travelling and as we say, you know, tread gently, you know, don't leave behind anything but footprints. You know, think about what you do when you travel to countries. Be aware of their culture and also, you know, be aware as far as being respectful is the main thing to be respectful of another country's language, its culture. What we do here isn't necessarily what you can do everywhere else. So, That's true, yes. yeah, watch your P's and Q's, read yeah. up on the country before you go, your formalities, your dress, you know, and be a little bit aware and, and just be kind and be generous of, of nature, I think, when you're in these countries. It, there's mm. so much we can learn from these ancient cultures, and it's sad to see that they might be slipping away. Now, what else are we speaking about today on Talking Travel? Well, we're going to talk about also the difference styles of adventure travel you can do as well, including now they're doing a lot of adventure uh, trips for families which is good, so it's, it's children were often excluded from some of these treks and trips before saying they're adults only, so we're now encompassing a wider range of adventure based travel for just about all ages um, again, the second time traveller often, or the younger person too but even families now, they, they want their children to experience nature and culture as we've mentioned and not just cities Yes. So I think this is where it's come a long way, adventure tourism, and one of the companies, um, Intrepid Travel, and that's a good name, I think, Intrepid, yeah. um, they have a, a huge range of program now. They've actually got over 600 staff now and 400 different trips over 90 different destinations, covering all different styles of travel. Now, that was started this company in 1989 by two guys with a passion to get travellers off the beaten track in Asia. That's where they started, and then they've just grown from there. So so they've developed a style that was, I guess, altogether different to what everyone else was doing at the time. And um, whereas travellers become a part of the country rather than just a tourist in the country, if you know what I mean. Like you, you're absorbing it and you're, you're meeting people, learning things, exploring and doing stuff you might never do at home. But you're happy to do it when you go away. You know, and I think yeah. that often changes when you go away. So their purpose, I guess, is to enrich people's lives, as they say, by creating unique interactive travel experiences. So they are very passionate about what they do and they also believe in sustainability and responsible travel. Now, what they do is mainly use public transport. Um, they eat in small-scale locally-owned establishments, you know, so they're not eating again in glitzy restaurants, you're eating the food the locals would eat. You travel in small groups, so it's all small group travel again, like maybe 12 to 16 people, which is nice. It's not Mm -hmm. a big group. Um, And they spread the word of sustainable tourism as much as they can and wherever possible. Um, So anyhow, they they go a long way, as I said, to, to make the whole trip a wonderful experience. But again, be mindful of where they are and what they're doing. And so their travellers do get a chance to meet local people as well along the way and really get to know their culture firsthand. So they do have a range of programs and they cover all the African continents, um, nearly all of Asia, you could have mentioned, the Americas, including South America, Africa, of course, Europe, Australia, New Zealand and Antarctica. So there's the whole world almost covered for you. And they do have those different standards of travel. So you can go on what they call comfort. So if you're not wanting to be the real rough it person, you yeah, know, yeah. you have got that standard of, of comfort travel. Um, then they've also got one called basics, which as you can imagine, yeah. is, is your basic rough and ready what for about those. Swag? Have they got swag there? <laughs> 
They haven't got swag, but the basics is, um, which means really budget one to two, one to two star, sorry, accommodation, but, um, plenty of free time and often, um, activities are optional and the freedom to choose your meals to suit a budget. So you're going on a shoestring and you're just paying for a lot of extra things as you go. And some trips you might be camping, you might even be required to set up your own tent. So, and that's for the person who really just wants to do it with a minimum of money and, and, you know, do it as cheaply as they can, I suppose. And again, we're saying the, the group is still 12 to 16. Now, you can also do what we call, as I said, comfort. Now, I think that's a little bit better. Your accommodation then is predominantly tourist class. Again, not first, though, but tourist class, three to four stars still. Um, but you still get the opportunity to stay with local families or spend a night on a camp out or on an overnight train or anything like that. But you don't have to put up your own tent on those as well. <laughs> so you do have these different standards that you can choose from. And you have what they call original um, and that's their classic intrepid adventures which is what they started with and that includes nearly all your activities but they also give you free time on those as well and also they do always give you as I said enough free time so that even though your inclusions give you the basic rundown of where you are you have that opportunity to, to I love doing that to just wandering around on my own and discovering little pockets of things here and there that appeal to you and mm. laneways alleyways little temples museums you know whatever or just sit and watch the world go by so you do have these different standards and themes so just have a think about intrepid if you are looking for an adventure-based holiday and the other thing i'd just like to mention in this segment dave is that thinking of our own country australia we've got that beautiful island or it's really a coral cay heron island Mm. now it again does a lot of eco tourism there it's got a, a huge turtle and marine sanctuary there and you don't even have to go far you know how if you go up or whether you have been dave i don't know but if you go up to the Whitsundays or that area of the Barrier Reef, you've still got to go quite a way sometimes to get to the actual reef and experience mm. that like as a day trip or something yeah. like that. This way you can just virtually snorkel off from the Coral Cay and be amongst this most amazing myriad of, of reef and wildlife. And the only thing is it's about two hours by boat off Gladstone, which I've heard reportedly can be rough. Mm. So if you're prone to seasickness, I would suggest you do the helicopter option, which I'm sure would be more fantastic and absolutely wonderful to do that anyway. But the whole island, like it's it's um, it's 72 kilometres off Gladstone, as I said, and it was turned into resort in the 1950s. So it's been there for quite a long time. But they're on a mission at the moment there to save endangered reptiles that travel 12,500 kilometres can you believe that, to the island each year to nest. And this is, we're talking about turtles here, and out of 900 little turtles that get released, at the moment there's luckily one might survive. So what they're trying to do is increase the survival rate, Mm. and you can go there when the turtles lay their eggs, which is from about November to March, so that would be a wonderful thing to experience. But it's just a delightful island to go to anyway. Even famed underwater explorer Jacques Cousteau, he listed the bombing at Heron as one of his top ten favourite dive spots in the world. So, you know, it is a wonderful place to go to. They're really onto the ecotourism there in saving creatures, got the most wonderful array of bird life there as well, and even if you're not into scuba diving, as I said, you can do a simple snorkel and they'll help you. There's dive instructors, paddy, you know, level um, snorkeling people to help you with that as well. So just a delightful spot to go if you really want to be at one with nature.